Welcome to the HR Resource Podcast. In this period of global crisis and pandemic, and as we eventually now start looking at returning to some form of normality, and back to work or finding work. What have we done with that time where we've been reflecting on our situations? Are you one of those individuals who's decided that actually you don't want to continue doing things the way you've been doing them prior to the pandemic and now you want to change? And is that change reflected in a completely new path? Are you looking to set up a new business? Are you looking to create a new venture? Today's podcast is Ideas to Action, and is precisely that. If you're thinking about starting a new business, you might want to spend the next 40 minutes listening to our guest, who is an expert in taking a business from idea through to ultimate growth and success. We all know it's been tough. We've all been through a situation where we really kind of imagined, envisaged this as being our future. But with such situations, we identify the entrepreneurs, the spirit, the innovation, and those that can see an opportunity where others might see failure. So if you're one of those who's glass half full and seeing a way to start a new life for yourselves, tune in. We've got a very interesting podcast for you. When we had the idea for this podcast, Ideas to Action and Launching a New Business, we thought the right person to support us and be our guest for this podcast would be somebody who was a business advisor and coach, somebody who got experience of seeing businesses through from the very first idea stage through to growth and beyond. So we've actually struck gold because not only have we got that, um, we have in our guest a people problem solver, a property investor, award-winning author, and essentially a business and leadership coach. Coach, trainer, mentor, TEDx speaker, um, all of these things could also be added to the profile of Dr. Wendy Snedden. She's somebody who I believe you will be fascinated to hear from, especially if lockdown resulted in igniting that entrepreneurial spark. Interestingly, Wendy is a fellow of the Institute of Leadership and Management and an associate of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, CIPD, and a member of the Association of Scottish Businesswomen. Wow. Uh, Wendy says she's always looking for better ways to get things done. Uh, certainly a philosophy that I can get behind. So welcome, uh, Wendy. Uh, Dr. Snedden, uh, welcome to our podcast. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Um, first things first, Wendy, how have you found the pandemic? Well, it's been quite interesting. Um, I've actually kind of enjoyed it, if that, if that doesn't sound too strange. Um, I, I work from home majority of the time anyway, so 
being at home and working wasn't a huge issue for me. But I also spend a lot of time traveling around the UK, delivering training and, uh, and meeting with clients. Um, that all dropped off, um, you know, at the end of March when the lockdown occurred. Um, <clears throat> And what I've found is um, it's actually been quite nice to have a bit of a rest from all of that. I've had a very busy couple of years. And so being able to kind of take a step back and then really reflect on where I am and, uh, and what I'm doing has, has been really good. I run a number of different businesses. So it was really good just to sit down and, you know, look at each area and, and focus on that. Yeah. My husband, he, he furloughed his staff and closed his business for a couple of months as well. So it was actually quite nice just to spend a bit of time together and, um, and, and just enjoy that where we could. Um, so, so in some ways it's been quite nice. I think a lot of people have, um, I mean, normally when you think about holidays, you think about, you know, a full run away in in the lakes in Italy or, 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 you know, trip to to the lakes in the UK, you don't think, or long weekend break, you don't think about, 110 days plus of you know looking at the same four walls and uh, and having to think about or changing your working arrangements from going into an office to working from home all of those differences that have that have been applied to us but it's given an opportunity for many i think to reflect on where they are with their lives the job that they have um thinking about that that that, that space that 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 element of space that we've been given to think about our lives, our work-life balance. And I think for, for a number of people, um, those ideas that they perhaps have been thinking about for a number of times, you know, may, maybe it was even a side hustle. Maybe it was something that they were working on as a hobby. Uh, it, it crystallized now into a thought to being, well, maybe I could, I could turn this into a proper business and maybe this is something that I should be doing because I'd get more satisfaction out of, out of running a business for myself. Do you, is that something that you've seen reflected, Wendy, in, in your experience? Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a lot more people um, thinking about kind of doing something for themselves and stepping away from, from the workplace. And I think, um, you know, the current situation and what we're about to face over the next few months, um, we're going to see a lot more of that. And I think, to be honest, right now, there has never been a better time in history to start a business than right now the tools that we have at our fingertips to help us with the marketing, the sales, the, you know, getting to, you know, international audiences with what it is that we're offering is, is just huge. Um, And, you know, even the technology now is so easy to master. Um, Well, not necessarily all of it, but there are lots of, you know, things that that it's really easy to do that, you know, perhaps 10, 15 years ago, um, just, just wasn't available. Yeah. We'll we'll go with the fact that somebody might've forgotten to press record on the podcast when we got started. Don't worry about that. You know, (laughs) I'm learning, I'm learning. Forgive me. Um, yes. I mean, technology is, is incredible. And I I completely agree with you. I I think one of the, 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 those aspects, the, the sort of the, the tools, are definitely there what's your thoughts on on the person i mean we're, we're going to focus very much i think in this talk about the, the human element of business so let's start with that individual um i mean actually just 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 out of interest and i'm having a brief chat about this in our in our discussion before the record button got pressed the most um popular businesses launched during lockdown was a was a survey that that, that uh, an organization a web design business where Eden uh, recently uh, announced and, and presented 
their research actually identified. It, was, it, talk, it lists the businesses, which we can perhaps talk about a little bit later on, but the demographic information that came out of that, they've had a 340% increase in the number of people who have registered new websites, which suggests obviously there are people with new ideas, things they want to, to introduce to the world. 64% um, of those registrations were for women which I think is, is really interesting. And the other uh, interesting demographic that I picked out of their research is that the age groups, um, the, most, the, the largest age group, 36% of them were 35 to 49. So let's, 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 let's get a scenario here where we've got, a, a, let's say a 45 year old woman has come to you, Wendy, and said, I'm starting a business, um, I wanna get up and running. Now, do you think that individual um, into somebody that could be taught and, and given guidance on how to be an entrepreneur? Or is it somebody, or, or, or are we born that way? Do you think it's, a, do you think it's something that we have, we have an innate ability to be an entrepreneur or do you think it's something that we just grow into? I think um, a combination really. I think there are some people who are born um, with the natural ability to be passionate about what they do and, and kind of then, yeah. then be able to sell that to people. And, um, these are also skills that can be taught and I also think there's a it depends to a degree on how you're brought up as well you know are you from a family where they've worked for themselves and is that the kind of ethos that you're taught or are you from a family where you know you go to school leave school get a job and that's your career for life um so I think this kind of but, but I, I do believe anyone can be taught to do this if they really want to and I think the key is having that um, passion and desire to really want to to do that I think you know having an, a why you know why you want to do what you do is really really important and key why you exist and that will then drive the kind of activities and whether that's starting up a business or going to work for a charity or you know whatever it is it's you know finding what that passion is and um, then following it so you you've you've got um a 45 year old uh female business wannabe who's, who's got a great idea they come to you what what's the first advice that you would give them what's what's the first thing they should be thinking of doing i think the first thing they need to do is um once they've really clarified why they want to do it is find someone who wants to buy what they what it is they do i think finding those key customers is is um the the very first thing um an awful lot of people are very passionate about what they do um and then just go out and create a business or a product or a service around what they believe is is right but what they don't know is does anybody actually want this so many people spend a lot of money and a lot of time getting to that stage to then find that nobody actually does want that yeah whereas if they'd spoken to some customers early on um what they might have done was then be able to understand what their customers' pains were and then provide a solution to those pains and then they would have people that would buy what they do. So finding someone who's going to buy what you do and, and having conversations with them to find out, you know, what their pain points are and what you can build or deliver to help them. So, so a form of research? absolutely yeah yeah and you know these people may well then be your first customers um but you do it in, initially in the form of um i'm thinking about starting this business this is what i'd like to do um you know is this something you would be interested in and then what you'll get is some really good feedback we often go to our friends our family and um they might say yes that sounds great or they might 
dismiss it and say that we're off our trolley. Um, and, and so some people will give up on their business ideas based on that feedback. And it's, it's sad, really, because those people are not your ideal customers. Until you speak to your ideal customer, you won't know whether your business is going to, is going to be a success or not. It's getting in the early days to those ideal customers. Yeah, and not and, and retaining the drive, <clears throat> not being put off by a little bit of negativity or or just a thought. Somebody puts a little you know negative thought into your brain about whether you can actually do this. Um, yeah, it's and it's, actually, if the desire to give up comes that quickly, then I would question whether you're actually truly passionate about you yeah. know doing it in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, think having, I think that's a very good point because I think confidence um, and, and finding the, the the strength to be able to to continue with working through an idea when you're faced with some tough challenges because as you and i know um, working in business developing your own business there are bumps in the road you know there are there are points you get to where you feel that you know am i ever going to get over this is this something that, that that i can work through and you you somehow do most of the time you know you find a way to get through it and that's what makes you feel capable of moving on to that that, that next stage um i got to the stage quite cynically now where i'm thinking new business whenever anything really good happens <laughs> Just like really celebrating, because in the back of my head, thinking I'm just waiting for the next moment when something just sort of lands on you. And I think it, you need to balance it out. I think you need to just have this sort of even keel to the way you think about work. Um, so we're thinking about the research, and that comes back, and it's it's positive. You know, they're getting some some good indications that actually they might be onto a winner here. What what next? What what? How can they shape this so that they can they can build a sustainable business? Um, again, really depends on the kind of sector they're in, what what it is they're doing. But I'd be thinking about, um, so they've probably got a why now. They've probably got that big reason, that overarching reason why they want to get into business. Um, and it's about then creating a vision. So the way I look at it is, you know, in 10 years time, you, you, you look back on what you've achieved. What would, what do you want to be saying in 10 years time about what you and your business have achieved? And that then starts to become the vision, if you like. So it's, um, it, it's not necessarily something that companies have plastered all over their websites or anything. It's just more quite a personal thing initially, because it's about, you know, um, are you building this business to um, pass on to your family is this something that you might want to sell in the future or are you just doing this for a period of time and then you might move on to something else or you might retire from it you know it's really thinking about beginning with the end in mind as as our Stephen Covey likes to say um, yeah. you know what what does that end period look like and a lot of people struggle with that because they just want to get started they just want to yeah. do it but but what what you do at the end sometimes determines how you start it up in the beginning and and you know, I've learned that from from businesses I've I've worked in. If you just start, you can end up going quite far down a road, and then it, it's you're having to backtrack to then kind of build the foundation that you need to become a business that somebody wants to buy. Essentially, if that's if that's the route you go down, so it's um it's having a bit of clarity around that, you know, and and putting some financial numbers around what that looks like. Um, a lot of us um a lot of women and I know that because I work with a lot of women who are starting up businesses um, don't really want to think about the monetary side of it they're doing it because they love it yeah. they want to help people and the money is a, a kind of byproduct of that so they don't they don't like to think about it but we, we want to know what, what's that going to look like in 10 years time how much yeah. money do you want to have made do you want to be retiring in 10 years time on that money it's about you know kind of putting that that 
out there. Yeah. And that's, um, that's a real challenge, isn't it? Because, yeah. because quite often it's difficult to know mm-hmm. how successful a business might be or how, and, the, and that's when you start tapping into how ambitious you really are. You know, what, 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 yeah. what, what goals are really, you know, you're going to see as, as success. You know, what does success look like for you? You know, yeah. is, it, is, it, is it extra holidays a year or is it, you know, a, a fabulous mansion and, and, you know, all the trappings that go with that and, and permanent wealth, which is going to keep you and mm-hmm. your, 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 uh, your family happy for the rest of your lives. That um, scale is something that I think a lot of people do struggle with, uh, yeah. as, as I've found. And so I think it, your limitations are you. Yeah. You know, so if you want to earn a million pounds in 10 years time, then you set that goal and then you work back as to how you're going to achieve it. Yeah. I, but if I'm you only want to earn 10 grand a year, that's all you'll ever earn. So yeah. it's, it's, it's about setting that, yeah. that limitation. The, the, the sort of lifestyle business. And we're back to yes. the sort of side yeah. hustle thing as well. I mean, yeah. the, the whole um, explosion of people now, I mean, I, I, I did a little bit of research when um, in a business that I was, I was heavily involved in for a number of years. Um, and, and it identified that there were, I think it was 35% of the, of the staff had some form of side hustle, whether it was vintage clothing, um, baking, uh, you know, um, psychotherapy, all sorts of extra things that were being done. And, and there, there is a generational part of this as well. I think a lot of mm-hmm. um, millennials and, and, and Gen Zs are moving into this, this thing of having more than just a job. You know, there is something else and it's, Definitely. it's you know, we would, we would have called it a hobby, but those it's, it's more than that. Now it's becoming something that you would trade. Cause they're making money from it. Yeah. An income from. And I think it's, there's probably some of this in the mix as well with, with what people have been thinking about. Now they've had a chance to look at their passion, the thing that they've, they've got some real interest in. Maybe that's what they want to make their, their main income uh, about. So, Vision is really important, and as, as you've highlighted there, and, and, it, and it sort of comes above. The trouble is people can, get, can fall into the trap of the process, can't they? Because a lot of people say, oh, go and talk to your bank, go and talk to your accountant. All perfectly sensible, logical things to, to yeah. do. But then they'll ask you for a business plan. They'll exactly. They'll ask for the cash flow statement. They'll ask you for, the, for, the, for all of the, the, the compliance and the legalities and the, and the things that you need to, the mechanics of setting up business, which are, you know, for some people, that is very important. You obviously do need to understand that. Yeah. But before you do that, you would say vision. I think, I, think, I think the vision is the start of it. Yeah. And, and I think, and you're right. Um, as soon as you go to, to a bank or to uh, an investor, um, that they, they kind of want to know, well, what's the plan? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the, the, the plan is also then very important. So you've got your vision. The plan is then how you're going to achieve that vision. Yeah. And then that's, that's the kind of, that's, that's what these people want to see. And I think it also, it's about, the vision is it's about the monetary gain it's it's about also what difference do you want to make in the world with what you're doing because those are the things that will attract customers to you and also attract the right people to you as well in terms of when you go to and start employing people um so here's a question how do you go about writing a vision how do you go about writing it <laughs> um so I, I think you need to have I think there's a few things you need to have. I think it's about standing back and thinking in 10 years, 
you know, going back, going forward 10 years and looking back and saying, what do I want to have achieved? What, what are the sorts of things I want to do? You know, so are you creating a, a new product that the, the world hasn't seen before? What impact do you want that product to have on the world? Um, or are you working in a community and you're setting up a charity um, and you're offering a service what impact do you want that to have on your community? You know, what, what, what pains do your customers have that you're going to solve for them? And that can be the kind of impact. So your vision would be, um, for instance, I'm part of the Lynx group and the vision of the Lynx group is to help end abuse of animals and yeah. humans. And so that's our grand vision um, and everything we do, everything in our strategy works towards hitting that vision, if you like. Um, and so when we're working on stuff, if that's not going to help us achieve that, then we move that to one side and we focus on. So it also helps us to kind of focus our, where we work as well. Cool. Um, so in, in writing this as well, I mean, having, having the opportunity to be able to think in this way and, and think strategically, sometimes people um, struggle, you know, it, you know, do people write like, you know, can understand writing a list and they can understand probably a business plan, but this is a little bit, this is a slightly different way of doing it. And I, and the one thing I do, which I've, I've, I regularly do when I'm struggling with, with all the different ways in which you can write things down, whether it's notes on your computer, whether it's, whether it's you know, a little diary book with notes at the back of it, or whether it's just a sort of free form Word document that you're creating something in, I just get a piece of paper and I draw a circle and I do a very, very basic mind map with little things that okay. come up with it. And, that, and that's how it works for me. I, do you have any other suggestions as to how people might gather their thoughts and then put them into some sort of order yeah i mean mind mapping's great um i use oh, i was gonna i use the chris uh, something called a, a business canvas oh yes um, and, and so it's uh it's basically a series of boxes that that you kind of put your thoughts into and in terms of creating a business plan it's really helpful to just kind of think it gets you thinking about the different areas of the business and so it might be that the vision statement doesn't come clear straight away but once you start looking at all the different aspects right. so it's probably an evolving statement if you like um so if you've not got it right away then there's there's really some deep thinking to do in terms of okay so why am i doing this yeah. and then just keep asking why okay so what and then you know why so a bit like your coaches do <laughs> they keep pushing you till you get to the heart of um what it is you want getting giving yourself permission to be able to say well actually i'm going to change it now i mean i, I you know i was on the right lines but actually i want to tweak it because it's it, this is this is actually where i'm going with this business yeah and i think um being comfortable with being flexible is really important because if you had written a business plan in January 2020 and then hit March 2020, you know, suddenly everything has to change. And so you need to be prepared. You know, maybe you had you were coming, you were halfway through a five year plan in March 2020. Yeah. You know, suddenly you need to be able to look at where the opportunities are. And I think yeah. you should be doing that all the time. You should always be you know, reviewing your goals and, and what it is you want to achieve, um, looking for the opportunities and the trends and seeing what you can do to kind of, you know, capitalize on them and, yeah. and, and make the most of them. So what are the words of 2020 that, that keep, I keep on hearing pivot because yes. so many businesses <laughs> have, have had to, to do just that, you know, existing businesses, well-established businesses that have suddenly found their business model is shot to pieces because, 
well know, you know at a very and actually top of the list of, of our we're coming back to our our, our web designers uh, the businesses that have come to them to register new new websites independent food and drink delivery services right yes. um who may well have been born out of a restaurant or a pub or a you know it's another yeah. another type of service because that they had to find another way they had to find a new way to do it yeah and and it's interesting isn't it because prior to this the future you know the generations that are coming up now this is all second nature to them you know they're, they're kind of born with it and i think for for a lot of us you know to to capture that market would need to be thinking about how do we adapt our business to attract that ge those generations of customers and, it, and it's a real struggle now we've been forced into it <laughs> you know we've, we've had to make those changes and and probably we're now open to a, a range of customers that maybe we weren't weren't available to us before because we weren't um offering them the sales channels that they wanted to use so i think it's it's been it's given most of us a shove in the right direction <laughs> not, not, not least i think online i think which yes. is the which is yeah um thinking about the vision not want to get too too, too hung up on that because we need to move on to other points yes sure i have had situations where businesses that i've worked with and for a confusion between vision and a mission statement and okay. I know there are subtle differences could you help us to just sort of put some clarity around that sure yeah so the vision your vision is that kind of grand um plan for, for for where you want to be and the mission statement it really is how you're going to achieve that right okay so, so um if you think about um, Nike's um, mission statement is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. So that's quite clear. That's what they're going to do and who they're going to do it for. So in terms of writing a mission statement, um, you want to kind of 15 words or less. You want to be able to say what you do, who you do it for and under what conditions. And in terms of what you do, that's probably going to be what problem do you solve for people? So they kind of get what you do when they hear that statement. Um, you could call it a, a five second pitch. You know, it's that it's that thing you say to somebody when you meet them for the first time. and They say, what do you do? And that yeah. becomes your kind of mission, if you like. Yeah. And in, in these circumstances, we're talking about people wanting to, to sort of start a business from scratch. And you're talking about a vision. It's pretty much the driver, the thing within, the the, yes. the, 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 yeah. the focus they've got for their goals, their outcomes, where they want to be. And the mission would be more of a publicly um, broadcast statement that would, that would not only tell the public where they're going or how they're going to do it, but also as they bring people on board, um, everybody understands that that's what they're about and, and how they're going to do it. Absolutely. People will be attracted to you because of why you do what you do. And that mission statement if you can get it in there and sum it up, it's it's not easy. It take it can take people sometimes quite a while to really pull that together and get it the right message to hit the right people. But it's so powerful um, when you've got it because it will attract the right customers to you and it will attract the right people to come and work for you as well. Interesting on that on that very point um, in talking about attracting the right people. One of the the, the most and this is such a huge. I will say now, um, Wendy, this is such a huge area, and this is this is this is a fascinating subject. And I think I think to start with the vision of Voyager, I think this is the way to go. We could probably run a whole series of podcasts on the, on this subject alone. But I think focusing on the things that are going to make a difference, 
when you are bringing people in, that, that can make the real difference between flying and failing, in my experience, and, and, and getting the right people in. And it's understanding what you're looking for and how you go about that process. Because it's, it's invariably the things you can't sort of see, touch, you know, it's the intangibles within the business that, that create um, the real fire, the real, the real spark in a business and get it to go, but can also um, create toxic situations where things start to fall apart. So how, how would you, you know, have you got any examples of where it's probably gone wrong and where it's been positive to just ex help to explore that a, a little bit more and the, the things that are, that are a bit more nebulous? Yeah, so I think um, we get business owners fantastic at what they do. They get customers, they start to make sales. They then find that they've gone from, that their, their vision was to work for themselves so they'd have more time, but now they're working more and they'd have less time. Um, and so the way to kind of grow really is to bring the right people into your business. And that first employee you bring in is such a key person um, because they can make or break your business. What people tend to do is they're working 80 odd hours a week they don't have the time to really put in to think about it yeah. so friend of a friend says i'll help you out or a family member says i'll help you out that becomes the first employee so um they're possibly not qualified or experienced or whatever but you know they're a helping hand and it works really well to begin with but as they take some of the pressure off you and you have a bit more time you start to see what they're not doing become yeah. and because they're family members or because they're friends of friends, it becomes difficult to have those conversations about performance or where you need them to be. And so people end up not doing anything about it, hire the next person in. Yeah. And maybe you do that a bit better, but then there's, you start to treat people differently. So it becomes, there's so many businesses fall into that trap and then end up, you know, two or three years later having real problems and then they can't, move people on because they've had them there for more than two years yeah. they've got rights now and it, it can be very difficult so i think it's it's understanding those problems you know um people get accused of bullying because they're they're instead of having those conversations they start to nitpick or they might build up and 20 things might have happened and then suddenly they blow at these yeah. at, at people and uh that person's not aware of being doing anything wrong because no one's ever said anything to them. And it just, it just kind of builds up and builds up. It's much easier if when you employ someone from the start, firstly, you've picked the right person and then you've laid out the job description. This is my expectation. These are our values. This is our culture. Um, and then in terms of performance, if, if they're not doing something that they're supposed to be doing, it's having that conversation around you know, are they following your values? You know, is this the culture? And then it gives you a mechanism, if you like, for having those tough conversations and moving people out of the business if that's the right thing to do. Okay. Um, $64,000 question. How do you go about finding that right person? <laughs> yeah, it is a $64,000 question. Um, I think the, the, the first thing is, you know, having that vision and mission. So you've got that clear. And then thinking about, um, what the workplace is going to look like when you have people working for you. So what are your values? 
And there are lots of ways of doing values exercises to find out what those values are and what are the values of your business. So very often they'll be very similar. Um, and then you want to think about the culture that you want what's it going to be like you know do you want the google type culture where people can come and go they can wear shorts and t-shirts you, you're going to have bean bags around do you want that kind of relaxed culture or is it a more professional setting where actually you really want people to um you know be in an office space from nine to five you know the phones need answered or there are people coming into a shop so you need you need you need them there um what's the behaviors that you want to see so so having a think about all of that and putting that into your job descriptions when and your uh, person specifications when you produce those um so you've, you've thought about all of those things and then it's really a case of you yourself you have up until now probably just been doing everything and you need to really think about what are the jobs you love doing what are you really good at and what are the things you're not very good at and if you brought someone in to do those jobs um the business would be even more successful and often that's hiring someone more experienced or you know there's a tendency to go for the cheaper option let's bring in an apprentice let's go for the low cost they won't necessarily give you what you need so it's really being clear um, and i do a bit of an organization chart so if you think about the roles in the business you've got um finance so finance at at um, the strategic level and finance at the day-to-day -day level you'll have um, IT um, more and more so um, with with how businesses are operating online and then you've got HR you've got sales and marketing and operational the, the kind of day-to-day -day development of your product or service so of those kind of um, top level um, from a str strategy point of view, you're probably going to always be involved in those at the strategic level, but on a day-to-day -day level, who are you going to bring in to fill those posts? Yeah. Um, what, what field are you in and, and where is the, what's the kind of best way to move forward? It might be that, um, and I, I know that a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle with the sales and marketing side of things. So maybe looking for someone who's got skills in those areas that can come in and help take what you do and get it out to market might be the first person you recruit. One, so of, one, of, the, one of the challenges as well, I think, is, again, in my experience, and talking from a personal uh, perspective, is the control freakery that comes with running a business. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 and as much as doing it all, you, you struggle to let go because you, you want to make sure it's, it's right. You want to be, you know, the perfectionism in, in this as well. Mm. But there's a couple of, I mean, I've worked for some businesses where, where the business owners have actually identified the CEO role. Oh, this is not right for me. Mm -hmm. I am not the CEO. This is, this is, I'm much better at X, Y, Z, you know, presenting, even, even be, being front, front of, front of house for this business, but I'm, I'm not going to be running it. Yeah. This is, this is not for me. And I think um, another good example is Spotify, uh, that we're going through some really, really difficult financial problems they, they, they'd established themselves it looked like everything was, was heading the right direction and it all started to unravel and the ceo um basically decided he had to he had to get out of the way because he was the problem he identified himself and i think having that level of self-awareness at that time and bringing in the right people to be able to then take on that position mm -hmm. 
well, we all know what happened to Spotify. I mean, it's just become huge. And that was because they developed a different way of working and a different way of approaching their, their, their whole structure. Um, and I think kudos to the guy that, that obviously um, mm -hmm. decided to step aside. And that, that takes a lot. That takes, that takes quite a lot of, of strength. And of course, you know, we're not talking about everybody being at the level of Spotify, but I think the principle's right. Absolutely. And actually identifying, and you said it yourself, where the strengths and weaknesses rest with somebody. Yeah. And if you think about um, one of my favorite books is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. And he talks about the quadrant. Um, most people get into business because they want to make money. And um, we often, so we start off as employees where we're being paid for our time. And then we go become self-employed where we're paying ourselves for our time. It's still the same. You've still got a job. You're just the boss. Yeah. When we start employing people, it then becomes a business. And in order to move up to the next level, which is to become an investor, you need to be able to step out of your business to maybe do set up other businesses or maybe to invest in other areas. So you have to be able to bring people into your business to be able to take that step away and, and do other things. So it, it, it does kind of depend on, again, what your end goal is, if you like. So it's, you know, bearing that in mind. But, as, you know, we set up businesses because we want more money and we want more time to do the things that we love until we're able to step away from our business and the business can run without us actually being there. Yeah. We, don't, we don't achieve that. So it's, it is important to bring all those skills in and know that you can walk away and your business can still run. Tremendous. We've covered a lot of ground. Well, you've covered a lot of ground, I should say. Um, it's it's been a fascinating talk. I'm 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 conscious of the time in terms of of where we go with this. I think we might have to do part two, part three, part four. Who knows? Okay. Um, but I, if, if you can if you can cope with me. But given where we are in terms of, of of this this particular element and taking people on that first stage of of getting into running business and doing it in the right way in the right structured way been outstanding um, what I would just like to ask you um, directly is is what you'd say the worst and best things about running your own business are um, and, and how do you keep yourself motivated okay so the best things are I can work where I want when I want I can choose who I work with as well which has been a, nice. a, a real bonus um, the the money side of it's nice too um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been a fascinating journey. The tough bits of it are working on your own. So yeah. I think if you, know, that if, if you are in, a, in a, an industry where it really is just gonna be you and you're not planning to employ people, then you've gotta find ways of getting, that, getting support. It's, it's quite lonely. Um, and I think even when you do have employees, you don't wanna be offloading necessarily your personal concerns to your employees so you need to find yeah. um a way of doing that now i work i have coaches um i work with a, a few different coaches and they've been instrumental in keeping me motivated so you know when something comes up for me instead of stewing about it which as a the, the type of people entrepreneurs are we we like to think we can do everything we can do anything the reality is we can't and what I find is when I can't do something, I start procrastinating. So when I feel that procrastination coming on, I know it's because there's a gap in my knowledge. There's something I don't know. So I need to go and ask one of my coaches or I need to find the person that does know. 
let's go and find someone who's done this before let's have a chat with them so that kind of thing is recognizing that key procrastination um when it happens and how to deal with it has been instrumental in taking me forward <laughs> my, my um, light bulb moment came when uh, I, I was working at the time for AT&T and they took me on a team building course to Cranfield and uh, they well, it was the Myers-Briggs it was my introduction to Myers-Briggs um, I won't tell you the year because it was ancient history <laughs> but the, the revelation was that um, uh, I came out as an ENFP and effectively, the, the, one of the downsides of that character, there are some positives, which I'm pleased to say, but, but the downside, the thing I had to be aware of and resonated so strongly with me is you can have 16 ideas, you won't deliver on any of them because you're too busy flying around getting very excited about new ideas, but you're not seeing any of them through to the, to the, to the end. And when that was actually laid out in front of me, I thought, do you know what? That's really interesting because that explains an awful lot about things that I perhaps hadn't achieved that I wanted to. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was, I was doing okay. But having that revelation and being able to then look at yourself properly and be self-aware about those, those failings, that's the way you grow. That's the way you, you become better at what you do and, and understanding that actually, yeah, as you say quite rightly, you cannot do everything and you have to bring people in at times yeah. to, to, to make the, that the, the other challenge is that you are responsible for you and your business and it's you know you were the one that has to take action to get things done and I think sometimes when you're stepping from employee where somebody was perhaps pushing you along a bit or encouraging you however you want to look at it um, to, to just working for yourself it takes a degree of discipline um, and I think you've got to keep remembering why you're doing it that's why that why has to be strong to keep pu pulling you in the right direction but you have to take action that's key Take action. There you go. What a fan, fabulous end to the, to the podcast. Dr. Wendy Snedden, thank you so much for your time today. Been absolutely superb. And I'm very much looking forward to doing this again. Been a pleasure. Look forward to it. <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. Thank you. Find out more and join our growing business community by visiting hresource.co.uk. I'm not going to